What do we expect from the Winnipeg Jets this year? We attempt to answer that question today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making both Locked On Wilds and Locked On Winnipeg Jets your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, you can listen to both of these fine shows wherever you listen to your podcasts, absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Winnipeg Jets, we attempt to see what is in store for the Winnipeg Jets this year, the first season under new head coach Rick Bonus. We'll take a look at the roster and if the Jets can get a nice bounce-back season from Connor Hellebuck. We'll talk wild as well. We'll finish by looking at the Central Division. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild. You can follow me on Twitter right there. And uh, joined by Harrison Lee, host of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. Harrison, first time we've had a chance to do one of these crossovers, so welcome. Happy to have you on board. And much like most of my listeners... We're going to try to get to the bottom today of what exactly the Winnipeg Jets are going to look like in 2022-2023. So I'll just throw in right off the top rope, Rick Bonus in as coach. One of the first things that he has done has pushed the team forward without a formal captain. And with a team like the Wild who had... Some issues with that uh, that they've been dealing with within the last couple of years. Is it the right move for Winnipeg to kind of move forward in this new era? Uh, I think that there's been mixed sentiments on it. Obviously, Wheeler has been, um, he's been a big part of this club for many years. And I know that the fan base has kind of been split down the middle. You know, some have felt that he has been personally responsible for a lot of the locker room issues, which, you know, it does seem like he shares culpability. I mean, it's it's obviously a shared issue, uh, but I can understand why people have looked at it and felt that he doesn't really exemplify what they want the captain to be. I think one of the biggest things that Bones is trying to do is create a more level playing field and have uh, leaders naturally emerge. Whenever you do any sort of like corporate restructuring or um, a bit of a, a like an employment change, Oftentimes you can kind of see people looking at the hierarchy a little bit differently. And I think he's trying to do the same thing. He said, you know, time and time again, communication was a big thing. Uh, And it's funny because apparently Paul Maurice didn't even talk to a lot of the players during the off seasons, uh, which bonus bonuses tried to like personally reach out. I think apparently he's even taken out some players for a couple of drinks, uh, just trying to restore the vibes and stuff. And so, this approach definitely was kind of like ripping the Band-Aid off of what has been a pretty gaping wound. But I, I think in the long run, it'll help. Maybe it'll, you know, pull some of the pressure off of Blake to be the guy. He wants to be, you know, this this leader on the ice and in the room. But I think, you know, he's not really been able to keep up physically. You know, he's getting on the older side. And the game is just changing to the point where, um, you know, the younger players really want to step up and, and seize the reins. And maybe it's time for the Jets to kind of have that changeover 
um, even if it's going to be a bit of a painful process over the next few years. You mentioned kind of that that shift that we're seeing with Rick Bonus as head coach. Um, obviously, goal for every team every season is to uh, to make the playoffs. Is this a team that can make the playoffs, or is this a Winnipeg team that's kind of in between, and we're going to see them start to you know try to transition, scale back a little bit, and just try to find that next core that they can build around going forward? Uh, <laughs> I think it's all of the, yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's kind of like the reaction is like, it's, it's really hard to say with this team because, um, for one thing, what we're used to seeing with the jets is they turtle a lot, you know, back in the day they played like lotto hockey. Um, and, and the only reason that we never really seemed to be that bad for people who were on the outside was because Hellebuck does a really good job of sweeping things under the rug. But, you know, over the past couple of years, increasingly stuff has started to get exposed and the jets have been revealed as a team that are just not very good at hockey. Uh, and it's not because the team is necessarily poor in talent. Uh, I would say it's not as good as it was several years ago, but this is still a team that's got a halfway decent roster, but this year they're kind of rolling in without a lot of elite depth. That does change a little bit depending on who amongst the prospects really steps up, which I think right now, Brad Lambert is really making a push to, maybe get some kind of a spot, but uh, the Jets just have like a lot of congested contracts. And so I look at this team as the front office telling us they want to make the playoffs, but I don't really see it. I just don't know how this team is going to do it other than, you know, we'll talk about the central division later, but quite honestly, I think the only reason the Jets would make it is if they get in through a wild card because everyone else is just crap. Um, And I think that that is a real potential with this, this Western conference maybe taking a bit of a step back this year you know, maybe Vegas is not going to be as good. Um, the Central Division might have some issues. Uh, <laughs> I know that we're, we're all kind of in this weird, like, yeah, I think we'll talk about the Wild, I'm sure, as well. But, uh, you know, we're kind of in this weird, mushy middle of of being okay at things, but not particularly great at anything. And then there's, like, Colorado just kind of spanking everyone. So it's like, what's even the point half the time? Um, but I think this Jets team is in a really weird spot because – They've told us they want to make the playoffs. They haven't really done enough to fix the team. And, you know, on the other hand, they're probably going to get in because there's just not that many teams that are going to take a lot of standing points off of them. So, I don't know. It's a really weird spot. Uh, And this is kind of the danger of what happens if you waste a really good competitive window, which, you know, the last three to four years should have been the Jets pushing. And instead, they did something. Um, So... Yeah, it's a tough question. I think the Jets could technically sneak in, but I think the reality is no one is counting on them to make it through unless Hellebuck really goes on just a mad, mad heater. Uh, perfect segue, because we uh, we should talk about Connor Hellebuck uh, a little bit. You alluded to him um, in just kind of looking at uh, the Jets as a whole, but a down year for him by Hellebuck standards, and I can say that personally because I know in one of the games early on in the season – the Wild got to him for uh, for six goals, which is something you just you don't see out of Connor Hellebuck. What is the likelihood that he is able to bounce back to more Hellebuckian numbers uh, here in 2022-2023? What's funny is like it, it was kind of a down season by his standards, right? Uh, say percentage looked like it took a bit of a dive, uh, but then you look at the cumulative amount of work that he did, and he was still saving like a ton of goals above expectation. And, you know, from watching him in the games, 
a lot of the issues were like him facing, I don't know, three on O's or something because the Jets defense decided today was a day where they didn't <laughs> exist. Um, I, I guess the entire defense was just Cap, Casper the friendly ghost. And I think you, you saw uh, Winnipeg's like changes in coaching staffs and tactics. Oftentimes it just sort of, you know, scrap tactics because they didn't really have a particularly resolute defensive structure. Um, and so I felt like Hellebuck kind of got thrown to the wolves a lot. I think he faced the most shots of any keeper in the NHL last year, um, but he was still doing enough to try and keep this team in it. And he's like played like a ridiculous amount of minutes. Um, I think Eric Comrie started less than 25 games last year, which is pretty rough if Oof. you're uh, Hellebuck, not only, not only playing all those games, but also getting shellacked just about every night. So I think this year under bonus, if the team can find that right balance between being aggressive and also actually providing at least a little bit of support to their their keeper. Um, we'll see a big bounce back from him. He's been really good, and he's like really consistent. It's just the Jets were so bad last year, um, like almost unspeakably poor at times, that I think his stars seem to dim a little bit, even if you start digging under the surface, and it's not quite as bad as it seems. Uh, let's flip, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss the Minnesota Wild a little bit, because I'm sure your listeners have some questions. Uh, about how the Wild look heading into this season. So to continue our crossover episode, we'll talk Minnesota Wilds. We will do that right after this here on this special crossover episode of Locked on Wilds and Locked on Winnipeg Jets. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, plus news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, betonline.net remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to betonline.net right now or use your mobile device to learn more all at betonline.net, where the game starts. Continuing today's special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Winnipeg Jets, once again, make sure to follow both shows so that you don't miss out on any Wild or Jets-related content throughout the course of the week. And for Locked on Wild listeners, along with all the other Minnesota podcasts, you can find them on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked on Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7, absolutely free of charge. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. All right, Harrison, I'm sure you have some burning wild questions, so I'll take the, uh, I'll take the hot seat. Go ahead and uh, hit me with what you got. Kind of like uh, you know, wild fans might be asking about the Jets. I guess Jets fans want to know, what are the Minnesota Wild this year? Because it feels like this season, they've gone through a number of changes over the years. They've brought in some really star talents, but there's a stage at which they peak, and then they just really struggle to get over the hurdle, especially when it comes to the postseason. You know, what do you envision this team doing this year? Because uh, I haven't really heard a lot about you guys really making major changes to the team, other than maybe some stuff on the back end, maybe a few minor league deals. But it seems like for the most part, the Wild are kind of coming back intact as they were last year. Yeah, so this season is 
part is year two of kind of the contention window for the Wilds. Obviously, the Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter buyouts have put a large peak into the Wilds' potential to uh, to contend for a playoff spot, to contend for more than that, which is the ultimate goal. And so when Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter were first bought out, that bought the Wilds some more additional cap flexibility over the first couple of years of that happening. We're seeing the buyouts continue to increase. Next year and the year after is when they hit their full level, which will be roughly 14 I think it's $14.7 million of dead cap. Yeah, for two years. So we get to just hold on to that. After that, though, it goes down to $1.4 million roughly combined. So the light at the end of the tunnel is we're starting to see it, but it's going to be rough getting there because obviously $14 million can get you quite a bit in the NHL. That can get you a couple of really good players, and so the Wild just have to operate without that over the next couple of years. We saw that being a reason that uh, they were not able to re-sign Kevin Fiala, and the decisions like that are just going to continue this offseason, the next offseason, and then after that is when we can finally exhale. So on the front end of that, The Wild last year obviously were able to build a pretty legitimate contender that ended up getting rolled in the first round by the St. Louis Blues. We've talked about that at length, so I'm just going to gloss over it. This year, it is a team that I think should still contend for a playoff spot, but unless they get improvement in some key areas, power play, penalty kill, goaltending, it's going to be a team that's, you know, they just they're not going to have that like second wave of scoring at least until we get midway into the season and can see some players like Marco Rossi do some things at the NHL level to impress. So it just it doesn't look like a team based off of last year that can get to that same level. However, if they do get improvements in those areas, I think it might be a team that can do better in the postseason, if that makes sense, because those were the areas that let them down in the postseason last year. If they improve them, they're going to have a better chance to not have that happen again. But ultimately, the true contention window for this team is three seasons from now when their pocketbooks are going to be completely open. Most of their contracts will be off the books. It'll be young players on entry-level contracts. And Bill Guerin's just going to be able to write blank checks to whoever he wants, Leon Dreisaitl. So we'll see. Speaking of, uh, the goaltending has been like one of those big issues with this team for a number of years. Um, And they've really tried to figure out some kind of a solution. But obviously they've got one big one that's currently sitting there in the minors right now. What are the odds that uh, Jesper Wallstedt kind of makes the push this year? Um, and maybe even cracks the the wild roster. And do you think he could be um, a big of a, enough surprise this year that maybe he even pushes for like a starting role and, and kind of takes this team maybe even to a playoff spot? I mean, that would be the amazing, like <laughs> that'd be amazing if he was able to do that. Um, and not saying that he can't because he looked good in the preseason. 
the couple of goals that he gave up um, were really not his fault. Um, I even went so far as to try to like frame by frame it to see what happened on one of the goals he gave up, and it just caught him like right on top of one of his pads and deflected up into the net. What are you going to do about that? But anyway, um, he is by far the future of this team in the net, and he just shows this poise that makes it look like he's been a goaltender in the league for 10 years. So the demeanor on the ice, I think, is one of the things, but he just is so good at just getting to everything while staying composed. Like you see all the traffic in front and goalies kind of panic sometimes. He just is so good at staying kind of staying within himself, making the saves and just making it look easy. Now, this season, if he really like knocks the door down on the AHL, obviously the Wild are going to have um they're going to have an interesting dilemma that they could look at. I think ultimately the bigger time frame for uh, for him is to be potentially the backup next year. Because the goalie situation this year, you got Marc-Andre Fleury signed for this year and next year. If he retires after this season, that money comes off the books. You also have Philip Gustafson, who is a restricted free agent after this season. Huge audition for Gustafson this year. If he plays well, he could factor into the plans as the backup, maybe the starter next year, and then Volstead is the like the backup. If Flurry comes back, he's going to be the starter. If Gustafson doesn't play well, then the Wilds can do whatever they whatever they feel like with him, and you aren't really out anything. If Flurry doesn't play well this year and he decides to hang it up, you're not out anything. So if, if Jesper's not ready next season, then the Wild can just say, okay, we just got to go get somebody for a year. We just got to go get a goalie to get us through for a season. I'm going to be shocked if he's not up in two seasons. Like, I, I think he should at least be with the team for some part of the season for sure next year. I think the Wild are comfortable letting him just play it out and get used to playing at the AHL, get used to playing in North America, let him play it out for the whole year, and then next year is when they can start saying, okay, he's really impressed. We don't feel like there's anything else he can do down at that level. Let's get him up here. And kind of thinking about some of the rookies maybe um, pushing for roster spots, obviously it is you know, a, a lot of our teams, both I think the Jets and Wild are a little bit crowded uh, in terms of available roster spots. There's a lot of veterans um, some more productive than others, but um, for the wild, obviously Rossi is one of the biggest names. Uh, he was somebody that I was banging the table when, you know, the Jets and wild were about to pick. Uh, and obviously we're all super happy that Perfetti landed in Winnipeg. Um, well, I guess he can't really land because there's no airport, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I always got to crack one of those. But, <laughs> um, but, but thinking about Rossi, what have you seen from him in the preseason? I know you shared some highlights on your social media and I'm like, yeah, he looks like a baller. Um, I mean, the kid is just super confident and super skilled. Do you think that he could be um, one of the missing key cogs for this team as they try and really push, you know, at least for the time being until that, that, that roster turns over, uh, is he maybe a secret weapon for them to kind of make a playoff push in the meantime? I think so. I think he is 
he's poised for one. Like he is just, he came into this season absolutely wanting this opportunity in every interview that he's done. He has just said, you know, I'm, I'm out here to show that I'm not just here. Like he's going to be able to contribute something to this team. And we've seen a lot of impressive things from him throughout the preseason. He is going to be a nuisance for one battling other players for the puck anywhere on the on the ice in the corners behind the net he just pesters people and it doesn't matter who he's going up against he's going to go take that puck from you but not only that he is really really good with just some of that puck vision and passing the puck on the ice setting his teammates up for good opportunities and he can shoot himself so he has all the tools that you would want as a uh, as a player, as a player that you want to build around going forward. And I think the thing that is going to really kind of put him over the top is that he just wants it so badly that he is going to he's going to leave everything that he has out there on the ice every night he's out there. And I I can promise you that there will be few players in the entire NHL that will outwork him because of what he's been through throughout uh, the last couple of years, uh, dealing with mitocarditis, um, coming back from that. There are going to be few players that will outwork him out on the ice. Now, he may have his struggles through his rookie season. You'd expect that. But he's going to give you everything he has every single night, and I think that is something that has really endeared him to Dean Evison and this coaching staff. And I think that's going to be something that ultimately really helps him uh, succeed at the NHL level. I guess at the end of it, uh, before we talk about the Central Division, let's do a quick, uh, you know, I guess prediction for where you think the Jets and the Wild are are going to finish. I honestly think Minnesota has a chance to finish maybe second in the division, um, and I kind of think Winnipeg is going to be around fourth. Yeah, I would. Um, I would agree. I think on both fronts because you know I I have. I've gone back and forth between the Blues and the Wild for second and third. Obviously, the Perunovic injury news for the Blues is a huge, that's a huge blow for them in a decor that, frankly, is not super good. Um, so that's a huge one for them, and that, I think, is going to cause them some problems. So if you look at it today, I probably would say Wild 2. And you look at how the rest of the Central Division aligns. I mean, you've got... You got the Blues, you got the Stars, you got the Predators, and I'm sorry. I've I've gone back and forth. I just am not buying the more we get closer to the season. I just am not buying what the Dallas Stars are selling. Like, you're telling me that they are going to have to rely on Tyler Sagan or Jamie Benn to provide them, like, large levels of production. And, and let's not forget... Jason Robertson is still existing in the world today without a contract extension. And the closer this gets to the start of the season, if they let this drag out through the season into the offseason, that's going to be a nightmare. And so I just I'm not super buying what they're what they're doing. So yeah, I I think um I think I would be either Nashville or Winnipeg probably at that four spot depending on kind of depending on day of the week, depending on like how how you're feeling when you wake up that day, but I think right around there's I think that's a perfect spot for the Jets. 
I guess now it probably wouldn't be the worst time to start thinking about the Central as a whole because this division uh, obviously is going to be a, a bit of a mess this year. And I think I don't even know what's going to happen. I mean, there's like past Colorado, it's basically just a coin flip for me. So I'm very curious to know how y'all are feeling about this. And uh, we'll, we'll be able to share some thoughts, I'm sure, on maybe maybe having some high expectations for, for both of our teams, but also being a little bit nervous about them starting to fall behind the pack as we roll through the season. Yeah, we'll um, we'll give kind of our, our stock market report of the Central Division as we close out today's crossover episode of Locked on Wilds and Locked on Winnipeg Jets after this. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Winnipeg Jets. Once again, thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. Make sure you're following along, follow on YouTube, and hit that bell. Ding that bell, please. Get those notifications on so you don't miss any videos from either of us as we gear up for the start of the season. So, Harrison, as you mentioned, Avalanche, it Avalanche are the top spot. Like, that's not, that's not anything that can be refuted at all. They're just, even with the losses they had, they're still head and shoulders above the, uh, the rest of the division. So, Avalanche at one. We can go with. I'll be perfectly fine with going with the Wild at two. So let's just uh, let's just go with that. Um, Blues at three. Are you uh, are you buying that or are you selling on St. Louis? Every year I kind of have this issue with the Blues where I I think that they're really good during the regular season, um, and this is kind of one of those traps that a lot of these teams, uh, Minnesota, sometimes the Caps have fallen into this, um, Carolina, Calgary they really boss the regular season because they have the depth and the skill. But, you know, even if they they kind of end up in that top spot, I, I think for me, there's just something still capping their potential. Um, the goaltending has been a little bit inconsistent for them. Um, I mean, like offensively, I, I think that they're going to be fine, generally speaking. Uh, and Tarasenko seems like he's okay with staying. So um, I guess I don't really have too many questions about that. But they did spend a lot. Uh, to bring, was it Robert Thomas back? Um, they they locked him up for like eight years. And I think they signed somebody else. Uh, I can't recall. Jordan Cairo. Oh, Cairo. Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, so I feel like, you know, obviously I love both of those players. I think they're fantastic. A lot of skill. Uh, but once like the trade deadline rolls around and O'Reilly starts to think about, you know, the next steps of his career beyond the season, I'm curious to know what this team is going to look like because they don't have a ton of room to maneuver. Um and I think while this season they might have a really strong showing and end up in the top three of the division, I just don't really feel comfortable with anything beyond that. I think that they're a team that's good for a round or two, but you know, eventually either Colorado or some fringish like 50-50 team kind of outlasts them in a seven-game series and bounces them, and that's kind of all she wrote. Yeah, and we did see kind of the best of Jordan Bennington Um in the postseason, getting past the Wild after Huso turned into a pumpkin. And before he got hurt, you know, there was maybe a case that could be made that they would be able to outlast the Avalanche in that series. If he doesn't operate at that level, they are in trouble. Like, that's that's just how it goes. So Yeah, they don't really have any backups that I'm familiar with. Um, and, like, Bennington... 
he he kind of is a coin flip. He, he reminds me a little bit like I know Matt Murray's numbers are are way worse, um, but like directly after the the first year that Murray kind of stepped in and was a huge part of that Penn's Cup run, um, you know he he kind of went full pumpkin mode, and that's kind of how I felt like Bennington is. He you know he sort of alternates seasons, and sometimes he can be really great, but I guess over the course of the year he'll probably have like an above average season, I guess this is probably how I'm feeling. And I don't know if that's going to be good enough once, you know, it come playoff time, they need him to start making those extra few saves. But I think, you know, at least for the regular season, third place, that feels safe enough. Um, I went with, um, I think I went with predators next, the last kind of rankings I did for the central. So, um, buying or selling the predators as being like that, fourth spot uh, in the division i i kind of lean a little more towards selling they're a strange team uh yeah (laughs) if there's like a team that i just don't really know what to think of uh it's nashville because like Poyle consistently tweaks and, and tinkers with the team but like he never really seems to actually improve it except for like um a couple of like depth players who swap in maybe a prospect or two you know the, the draft picks for funny enough haven't really made that significant an impact um, in some of the most critical areas. Like they're always a team that traditionally has some issues scoring goals in really critical moments. Like if you look at their overall offensive numbers, it looks fine, but something about that team just still is missing for me. Uh, Forrestburg coming back, obviously a huge deal, but you know, they really needed Tavon and to step up and become like a 30 or a 40 goal scorer. And I just don't know if that's really going to happen with him. Um, Tomasino seems like one of their best bets to be a really big catalyst. So I'm kind of keeping an eye on whether or not he, I don't know if he actually played last season because I just wasn't following them that closely. Um, But if he, if he's making a really big impression out of camp this year, I would imagine that he is a name to track, but like you just look at their star names and it's kind of like, Ooh, uh, they're they're a little long in the tooth. So I I could see them making fourth by virtue of everyone else in the division uh, really messing the bed and just not impressing but that's not a particularly great team, uh, and and um, if their if their goaltending starts to kind of fall fall to the wayside, um, obviously, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, their starter is UC Saros. Saros, yeah, the successor to Rene. Like I, I've always been relatively fond of his game. I think he's got great tracking and stuff. Even though I forgot his name, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's one of those days where you're thinking of the player and you're just like, I, I know who they are, but the. For some reason, they're just falling behind. on the It happens. But yeah, Saros, Saros has put up pretty good results over the years, but you know he had one or two seasons recently where it just felt like he was sort of flapping around in the crease. Maybe he took a step back. And so I, I think they're worse off than the Blues are in terms of like roster and scoring depth. But, I mean, it's also the central where if you're just sort of mediocre and you can kind of have like average performance, you're going to be in that mixture for like a, a middle-of-the-pack wildcard spot. Uh, and then we'll go to the six, seven, and eight spot because I am ready to lock it in. Dallas Stars at six, Arizona at seven, Chicago at eight. Let's just leave them there and just say that's how it's going to be. You know, seven and eight is going to be a really fun battle because I just saw the Arizona lineups. Um, they they wrote them on a board and. Somehow Nate Smith, who uh, the Jets picked in the second round a couple of years ago, he is somehow projected in the minors. And I looked at the NHL roster and I'm like, 
Um, I think he's probably better than about half of that team uh, that's currently that's currently predicted to be the NHL lineup. So uh, I'm I'm just kind of very confused. And then you, I'm like thinking, well, surely the Blackhawks can't be that much worse. And then I look at their roster and I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh, yeah, um, this might be like two steps above the ECHL just about. So. Uh, it's, we we have a really fun division because we have like the best team and we have like the two worst teams that are tank commanders basically so the central division you, you might say it's like a really diverse uh really fun division that's just kind of hot garbage yeah you have you have the top the literal top of the mountain in the colorado avalanche and then what exists underneath the absolute bottom of that mountain in chicago and arizona and it's just everything else just naturally kind of settles in the middle. Yeah. And like Dallas, it's kind of funny because they're not particularly great either. Uh, Jake Ottinger is going to be having to channel his inner Hellebuck for like the last several years, but he's he's basically going to have to make just about every game a theft because I can't really see them. They, they weren't good last year, even with bonus uh, towards the end of his tenure, you could see that he was, I mean, he was trying to really pull like lemonade out of a rock. So yeah, uh, I, I don't know how that team is going to push past, you know, the bottom portion of the division. But hey, maybe something really weird happens and he goes full Hellebuck or, or I guess, uh, Shusterkin and really shows off. But yeah, I'm kind of in your in your camp here. I think six, seven, and eight. We just know that they're all going to be down there, and that's basically all that matters. Yeah, they'll periodically ask what the weather's like up there, and we'll just say, "Don't worry <laughs> about it. Just focus on yourselves, please, and thank you." But all in all going to be another exciting season and so make sure that you stay up to date by following both locked on wilds and locked on jets let me see if i can get the there we go make sure you're following both shows to stay up to date on your favorite nhl teams we have new episodes coming for you every monday through friday as part of the locked on sports podcast network thanks for stopping appreciate you having me on